You ever watch that um, cooking show called uh, Nailed It? Yeah, sometimes I, I think that there are a lot of people who have a lot of head knowledge, a lot of book smarts, a lot of uh, just academic training, but they've never had the opportunity to put that training into practice. And the result, a lot of times, of head knowledge without experience, what well, kind of looks like nailed it. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five-minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. I remember watching an episode of Nailed It not too long ago with my wife. Yes, I get tortured into watching things like that. If I want to cuddle with her, I have to watch what she watches, like Chef Ramsay and Nailed It and uh, Zumba's Dessert World, whatever it is. But on this particular episode, the lady had the easy button and she panicked and everybody freaked out, of course, and he ran over and she said, I can't get my fondant to stay on the outside of my cake. It just keeps falling off. And he said, well, that's because you have to do this before you do that because without it, there's no adhesion. And she said, but that's not in the recipe. He said, no, that's just one of those things you learn by trial and error. It's not in the recipe because it, it's not an extra ingredient. It's something you've already made. So if you've already made the buttercream icing, you can use the buttercream icing to put the fondant where you need the fondant. But without the buttercream icing, the fondant will not stick to the raw cake. And I thought, well, that's interesting because you could have read the instructions a thousand times and what you get from the instructions is not clear that you have to take this extra step, that there's more that you have to do, that, that there's more to know than what has already been written down. But then I think about the number of people that I've encountered who have recently graduated from college and they're thoroughly convinced, as many teenagers are, that, well, I heard this in school and so it must be true and, and I heard it in school and my teacher is smart and so it absolutely has to be true or I heard this in school and I read it in a book and then I saw it on a YouTube video and that means that's all there is to know about it and, and friends, it's just not true. But I have to take you back to my pop and stretch experience. When I was trying to make t-shirts of my own and I kept failing at it. I mean, I was reading every word of instructions on the back of the little thing where you buy the iron-on t-shirts and you iron them on there. And they sucked. They were horrible. I couldn't get them to stay on. I'd pull the transfer off and the half the image would come off with it. Or I'd pull the transfer off and there'd be this big white box. It was just crap. And so I went to the people who make t-shirts professionally. I said, what am I doing wrong? And they said, well, you're trying to do it yourself. Well, that's not helpful. I, I need to know what I should do differently so I can do this successfully. And they said, you can pay me to do it. That's not what I want to do. So I went back to the drawing board and I thought, well, maybe it's cheap transfers. So I upgraded my transfers. I upgraded the quality of my t-shirts. I bought a more uh, powerful press that was hotter and it was flatter and psh, you got the whole effect. And now I've got transfers that won't come off the shirt. I'm peeling the back off. I've got little shreds of paper everywhere and the transfer is still on the shirt. And I was not a happy camper. I finally, finally reached my tipping point. I picked up the phone and I called the company. I said, look, these transfers suck. I can't get them to come off the shirt or I can't get them to stay on the shirt, but I can't get a good shirt for anything. I've wasted hundreds of dollars. I'm sick of this. I just want my money back. And the old guy on the phone goes, well, did you pop and stretch it? I said, did I? Who's he? What's it? He said, put, put 
another transfer on that shirt, but before you do, let's let's preheat the shirt. And I'm like, wait, that none of the instructions say to preheat the shirt. He said, just trust me. I've been doing this a long time. So I preheated the shirt. 30 seconds of flat, hot shirt, and I grab the transfer, and I stick it on the back of the shirt. And he says, now pull that platen down, and I don't care what happens, you leave it down until I tell you to lift it up. So I pull it down, and 20 seconds goes by, that's what the sheet says. 30 seconds go by, that's what the maximum on the sheet says. 45 seconds go by, I'm starting to smell shirt now. I'm thinking somebody better get a fire extinguisher, we're about to have a fire in here. At about 50 seconds, he says, now, as soon as you lift it up, grab both sleeves and pull as hard as you can. And so I lifted the platen up, I grabbed the shirt, and I pulled it as hard as I can. And that piece of paper that I shredded trying to get it off of there before went straight to the floor. And I was like, oh, see, that's not in the instructions anywhere. He said, no, you just have to know it. Then he said, how does your image look? And I said, well, kind of jacked up. Now it's all distorted because I pulled it from two directions. He said, now reach in closer to the fabric and pull right around the outside of the image, all the way around, up, down, left, right, every angle until your image fits the shape and it's not distorted. If there are faces or words, make sure they all look like they're supposed to. <clears throat> so I stretched it and <clears throat> I said, uh, okay, he said, now how does it look? And I said, well, the image looks great, but the shirt's like a 15X. He said, that's okay. The fabric will go back to its nature. He said, what I want you really to do now is take a magnifying glass or a loop or something, if you got one, and look really close at the fabric, like where the, where the linen lays over itself, where the actual pattern of the cotton is created in the weave. And so I zoomed way in there and I looked really close. He said, what do you see in the transfer? I said, well, I don't see any transfer. It looks to me like the ink has absorbed all of the actual fibers of the linen. He said, now you've done it right. And I thought to myself, pop, stretch, 50 seconds, none of those are in the instructions. Did I pop and stretch it? I would have never known to pop and stretch it. I wasted hundreds of dollars because I didn't know to pop and stretch it. And I'm just challenging right now to say that story power is a powerful tool because it allows knowledge and experience to come together to become wisdom. There are a lot of young people today coming out of high schools, coming out of colleges who are thoroughly convinced that the world system we live under in the United States of America is all jacked up. And it's because they have a lot of head knowledge and a lot of book knowledge that just seems to make sense. But none of them have popped and stretched it yet. None of them have tried to figure out how to make a paycheck, pay all the bills that come in. None of them have figured out that you can't have all the luxuries you want until you meet all the basic necessities. And there's no one else out there, there's no grand wizard, there's no grand poopah, there's no genie in a bottle who's going to pay all of your basics for you. Zero, zip, zilch, nada, doesn't happen. I don't care how many times they promise and claim in the campaign cycle, they're not going to do it. There are things that your insurance says it will cover that it will not cover. There are things it doesn't tell you that it won't cover that you have to cover. And you're going to have to pay them out of pocket. And there are those little nuances in life, like pop and stretch. It's not in the instruction book, but it's going to happen to you. And story power is the ability to merge experience with knowledge. Book learning is great. It's absolutely essential. I am a fan of books, in case you haven't been watching long enough to know that.
I read a lot. But I can't get everything I need to know out of life from reading books, old or new. You're going to have to learn something from experience. And the best teacher when it comes to wisdom, I had an uncle that told me one time, a smart man learns from his own mistakes. But a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Trust me, I've made plenty of mistakes. Yesterday, my son texts me and he's like, my windshield just spider webbed. And I'm like, dude, that sucks. What hit it? <laughs> he said, I did. I was trying to kill a spider. I said, from the outside, the windshield is laminated and it's made to take a lot of force like rock chips and flying debris when you're flying down the highway at 70 miles an hour. From the inside, it's designed for you to be able to push it out in the case of an emergency. I learned that as a firefighter. I also learned that when I got mad at my windshield wiper and it wouldn't work and I punched the inside of my windshield and shattered it all the way across. From the inside, it takes less than 50 pounds of pressure to break your window. From the outside, over 300. That's not in your driver's handbook, I promise you. It's not on your insurance card, I promise you. I also promise you this, your insurance ain't paying for it. That's an out-of-pocket expense. Welcome to the world of experience. Story power. It's a powerful tool for teaching because experience together with knowledge makes wisdom. Knowledge by itself, I don't care where you got it, it ain't going to cut it. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.